Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. This episode of the Radiant Podcast is brought to you by Avocado Green Mattresses. Comfort, luxury, all natural, affordability. Need I say more? I don't know about you, but I am loving my mattress, and that's because it's from Avocado. I definitely encourage you guys to check them out. I've linked them up in the show notes. Hey guys, I'm so excited you're back with me here for another week at the Radiant Podcast. Today's conversation is going to be super fun. I know you guys are going to love Joanna, the founder of the Yellow Conference, and find this episode to be super encouraging and informative. She chats about what it's like to lead a team and what those days were like when she left her J job and the risk involved in moving into leading and working for Yellow full time. It is so enlightening, and I think she is such a fascinating person. I'm so glad we got to connect and chat over this podcast. So let's get to it. Hey, Joanna. Hi. I'm so glad you're joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's exciting to be here. Yeah, it's, it's exciting to have you here. I would love, I've been following along with what you're doing with Yellow Conference for a long time. I would just love for you to share your story and how you got started, how you brought this to life and and also all your other endeavors as well because I always love hearing from a woman who spins many hats. Yeah, yeah. Um so Yellow Conference got started in 2014. Um so about 3 years ago now is when we had our very first conference and it really just came out of a desire that I had to be around women who kind of had this hybrid of business, entrepreneurship, um, creativity, and purpose kind of all inter intermingled in their um, skill set and their, their desires. Um, so yeah, I um, I didn't feel like I, there was anything like it at the time, and I was kind of searching for what my next steps were going to be um, in my own career. My background's in graphic design and digital media, and I was running my own graphic design business at the time. And um, yeah, I was just really searching, like, what's the next step for me? What what am I going to be doing? Am I going to be growing my my design business into more of an agency? Should I just keep it small and try to get bigger clients? Or like, what what's the next step? And um, kind of found myself in this place where I, I was a creative. I've always been a creative. And um, I, I also really fell in love with entrepreneurship and running my graphic design business. Um, but then I also wanted to bring more purpose into my business. And um, when I would go to events or workshops, I never really felt like I saw something that all three of those things were, um, were being talked about. I also um, was experiencing a lot of competitiveness within the com- community of women that I was in. Um, 
it's a really awesome creative community in LA, but I, um, I just kind of felt myself constantly comparing myself to others. I felt like my um, peers were comparing themselves to each other as well, and it just kind of became this competitive thing, and I was just like in a place where I was like, what am I doing? What are we all doing? Like, what is even the purpose of this stuff? Am I even helping anybody by like making a logo for like this random company? Um, so I, uh, through a series of events, stumbled upon a few companies and got to um, meet the women who were heading up these companies. Um, and they were companies that were now I know, but at the time I didn't, I had never even heard of what a social enterprise was. Um, but I met these women who are running these social enterprises and I thought, wow, how cool is it that these women, number one, are running these businesses. I was super inspired um, just to see women in these positions of leadership and two, that they can go to work every day knowing that they are making a difference in the world because their businesses are literally designed around that. I thought, wow, like, what a cool way to bring purpose into your work. And um, so I thought it was literally like an idea that came to me in the shower. I was like, I need to hear from women like that, like the ones who are making a difference in the world. They're using entrepreneurship as a form of social good, and they are making really high-quality creative creative stuff and I wanted to hear from people like that and so I really wanted to just like sit in the audience and soak it in and I thought a conference would be a great way to do that um so yeah that's the wow that's a condensed version that's amazing so are you still running your graphic design business I it is still like technically open as um like I still have a bank account for it I have some money in there still um but I have not been actively putting money into that or like getting clients or anything for a, a while now. Um, so technically it is still open and occasionally I'll take on a project if something comes my way and it's really cool and I get excited about it and I think it would be a good fit. Um, but it's not something that I'm doing like regularly. Totally. So. So yeah. what made, at what point did you decide to kind of put all your eggs in the um, yellow basket per se? Because I know that so many of our listeners kind of, even if, and myself included, even if you love, you know, the day job you're working or the business you own, but you have this passion project that's turning into a career, at what point did you make the switch of, of kind of really only focusing on yellow. Um, what did that look like? Was that scary? Yeah, great question. It's it's a really big one, and I see this in our community as well, where it's like, obviously, people are like, I would totally like quit my job and do this thing that I love if I could like afford to do that. And um, I so like when with starting yellow. Um, like, like I mentioned, I was already working for myself. So I kind of had already had this like transition of going from working like a regular nine to five into fully pursuing my freelance graphic design business. Um, and so it, it allowed me to have the flexibility with my schedule and my day to work on yellow, like 
as long as I was able to get like my client work done. So I would kind of like structure my day where I was like, okay, like first from like nine till like 2 p.m., I'm only gonna work on my, my client work, like my paid client work. And then from like two to six, I can work on yellow. It was like my, my reward at the end of the day. Um, so I, I, I realized that like people who are working in nine to five don't necessarily have like a few good five hours in the day that they can just dedicate to like working on their passion project. Um, but I would say like holding on to your like paid job for as long as you can and saving and, and being wise with your money is like a good place to start and like doing the weekends, early mornings and evenings hustle with your side business and really making sure that you're giving it the time that it deserves is a, is a good thing to do. Like it's one thing that, um, um, I always tried to be really intentional about was putting in like the time and effort that I would as if this is like something that I do want to make my full-time job at some point. Um, but uh, essentially, yeah, so I, I really would say that it, it's hard for me to give like a final, like this is when I was full-time with Yellow just because I didn't have like the full-time job to like quit. Um, or I did have the full-time job, but I what happened with me is I kind of slowly, slowly phased out my freelance work um, and just took on less and less and took on more and more of Yellow. So it was like kind of this slow progression for me. Um, and there was definitely a time in there where like my income like took a major hit because all of a sudden I was dedicating all of this time to yellow that wasn't giving me the same amount of income that my design business was, but I didn't have the time or resources or really even the desire to continue to um, putting all that effort into my my design business. So my, my income took a hit. Um, and then I, I just had to figure out how to monetize yellow if this was something that I wanted to do full time. I had to figure out like, how is this something that I can really make into like a lucrative um, business model? Because I really want, I really like with all that I have, want to make this my full time job. And I got to a point where I was like so over my design stuff, even though I had to continue it for, like for financial reasons. Um, so all that to say, I went through a program. Um, I realized like my need for help in this area um, because I did want to, even though I had experience with running a business with my graphic design business, it was very different than it would, would be with Yellow. Um, so I, I just felt a huge need for like wanting to learn and educate myself and work with people who know more than me on how to create like a sustainable business model. Um, so I enrolled, this was in 2016, I enrolled in a program um, that is uh, for do good startups um, here in Southern California. And it was a five month program, three times a week. And I just worked on developing a business model that could be profitable and could be something that I could really impact more people and get um, really just like turn it into more of a 
um, a business that I could dedicate my full time to instead of just having it be a, a side gig. So that going through that program like really changed so much for me. And out of that program is where we developed the membership platform that we recently launched um, last year. And um, and then <laughs> I'm saying a lot. I'm going. All very deep into this year, I love but it. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I say that because I think it's really important to get help from a community, no matter who it is. Like if you are in a place where you're like, oh, I love this side hustle so much, but like I need to figure out how to make it make it sustainable for me, like financially, so I can make it my full time gig. Um, if you are someone who doesn't have um, like a lot of knowledge on like what it takes to run a business that does not have to stop you. Like I literally went to school for art and like cannot even do basic math. Like in my head, I need a calculator for like two plus five. Um, (laughs) But I think what, what really helps people who are more creative like that is just surrounding yourself with people who really can help you and do no more than you and putting yourself at the table with people who can really help you and serve you in the areas that you don't know a lot about. Um, because whether you like it or not, like business does, you know, you have to have, you have to know your numbers and you have to, you have to work with numbers. Like, even though like they personally make me cringe. Like I hate, I hate all that stuff, but I can surround myself with other people who are really good at that stuff and can kind of help me look at like the spreadsheets and how to figure out a game plan for getting from where I am today to where I want to be tomorrow so I can do this financially. Um, So uh, all that to say, it really wasn't until like 2017 that I feel like I'm actually doing this like as my full-time gig and like there's no turning back now. (laughs) I think that's Um, really comforting for our listeners because we can easily look at something like yellow and think it's established, everything's perfect, like it must be a dream and and like you, I'm in a mastermind this year. So what would your your recommendations for someone who's looking for help in areas they're not strong in. I mean, I I could add to that too in the sense of like finding an online mastermind if you don't have one locally. But where did you start in finding the help you needed? Yeah, for someone looking to get involved with other people, um, I would say like one of the biggest things that you can do is just like reach out to people that you admire online and who you would like to learn from, um, I think you'd be surprised at what kind of responses that you can get back from people who, um, who you might originally think to be like, oh, they would never want to talk to me on the phone, like, or they would never want to grab coffee with me, like, and yeah, some of them might not have the time, and, you know, that's okay, but don't let that stop you. I'd continue to reach out to people who, who you would just like to ask questions to, and, um, when you do that, I would be specific, like, hey, I have a few questions about X, Y, Z that I'd love to ask you about. Um, I think that's really helpful for them to give a clear yes or no if this is something that I can help you with. Um, but also, yeah, there's, um, like, search in your communities, reach out to local business owners. Um, there are definitely a lot of, like, um, communities online that are open and willing to 
help people. I mean, we have the Yellow Collective, which is more of a community like support, I would say. Um, but I, um, there's a, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm struggling to like think of like an online mastermind like kind of thing that you're talking about. But um, I'd say just like put yourself out there, go to events. Um, the way that I found out about the one that I went through was I was just, I randomly went to an event um, with a friend of mine and they got up afterwards and they announced that they had this program. And I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds exactly like what I need. So I'd say like getting out and talking to people and just like continuing the hunt on looking for what you need is is the best way to do it. Girl, you're speaking my language. And actually, I forgot to mention this to you, but um, you are totally pra- like for our listeners, Joanna is totally practicing what she preaches because I know that we have a mutual friend named Carly Hartman and she called you to ask you to, to just ask you some questions. She said, Oh yeah, that's so funny. And we were just on, she was just on the radiant podcast, um, in June when, when this is recording in June, but, um, she, uh, was just on the radiant podcast and she lives here in Colorado and, um, is the founder of Pageant 360. So, um, yeah, she, I, I totally forgot that until you said it. And I was like, wow, like what you're saying is so true to what you're living. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, that's so funny. Cause yeah, when people like Carly reach out or something, it's like, I always, I, I always think of like being in that situation and I, I try to continue to reach out to people and like, always love when I get like a response and when people would, would like to talk to me. So that's so funny that you know Carly. And yeah, stuff and she so, is wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's so sweet. Seriously, what would you, I love, I love what you said. What would your advice be to people to keep it um, kind? I, I'm sure you've experienced this, but kind of in this world, um, you definitely have people who want to pick your brain, but don't want to know you. Um, how do you advise people to avoid doing that? Because I think we need to create conversation around it mm-hmm. because, you know, it's my greatest joy to like be able to give someone my information. I have nothing to hide. I would love to give them all the information I know to empower them to accomplish their dreams. But I definitely have been on the side of, you know, learning the hard way that some people don't really want to know you. They just want your information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'd say, like, that, I mean, it's a tough question, but I think that I always am able to respond to people who reach out, and I know people can respond to me a lot easier when you're specific about what it is you are looking for and what it is that you um, can offer as well. Like, I think that it's always encouraging for me to get an email from someone who is like, hey, love what you're doing. Um, Here are a few ways that I think that we can help each other. Or like, here's something that I would love to do for you. And I think like it, it's like a win-win for both of us. Or, or maybe they don't even talk about what the win is for them. And I, you can just, you know, form the relationship and start seeing how that can be. But like I, one of the, um, 
actually our logistical coordinator for the conference this year. Um, her name is Lauren, and she is amazing. And she reached out to our team randomly last year and was so amazing because she was, she essentially sent an email and she was like, hey, guys, I love what you're doing. I work in the events industry. Here's Here are five things that I would love to lean in and help you on. One, like this, two, this, three, this, four, this. And all the things she listed, it was like I immediately knew that she knew what we were struggling with and she knew like the events industry really well and she knew what would like pique my interest and she was so specific about it that I was like, yes, I would love your help with this. Um, And she volunteered her time for our 2016 conference and did so, so much awesome work just because she wanted to help and loved what we were doing. And what do you think happened the next year? Like, obviously I hired her because she, she gave us so much value and she really proved that she knew what she was doing and that she really did believe in the mission that we were working towards. And I just, she's the best. Like, I just love her. And I, I get emails sometimes from people who are so awesome and I can tell that they just have hearts that want to like impact the world for good and are just really great but it makes it hard for for me to be able to collaborate them with them when it's an email that says like hey I love what you're doing let's collaborate (laughs) because there's nothing like for me to hold on to with that you know um to me like I and if I'm reaching out to someone else, like I have to think that they don't have the time to put in um, to like take time to brainstorm how I can collaborate with this person that I don't know, you know, um, because there's just, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. So being really specific and offering something of value, I think is just like a really cool way to go. And if you don't, if, if you don't necessarily, um, if you if you really do have like some specific questions to ask like be specific and say like this is my question I'd love to ask you about it like and then that allows me to say oh I know the answer to that yes here you go or no I don't know the answer to that like sorry but here's someone else who might be able to help you um rather than just more of a vague like let's collaborate because then I'm like uh I don't know how to help here yeah and I love what you had to say because I don't think anyone in our field wants to hold their information close and like keep other people from knowing And, and if they do they're at an unhealthy place because that would be a scarcity mentality but I do find that when you can approach someone with like I would love to serve you, I, I know that when I see a woman that I want to be mentored by, almost every single time I say, like, I would love to serve you, whether that's, you know, trading them part of my services or something like that. Because I think that I, when I'm approaching someone, at least for mentorship in a, in a long-term role, I want them to know I value their time. Um, and again, like I'm super happy to give away my information, but I I think that, you know, I know that from my own experiences now, when I approach a mentor, I want them to know that I value them as a human above their information they can give me. And I think that's totally a really important conversation we need to be having because it, 
in this social media world where everyone wants a platform, people will climb on top of other people to get to the top. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And I think we have to remind ourselves that there is a person with emotions and a history and um, a soul behind this email address or behind this like Instagram profile. I think it's really, yeah, you said it spot on. It's so easy to just like treat people like commodities when it's like these are human human beings here. Um, and I think the digital age has definitely like like put that into our minds so yeah just reminding yourself like these are humans and like let's yeah respect each other and be kind yeah so if if you had any recommendations for someone getting started whether that's resources or something that was so beneficial to you and in launching um yellow what would you recommend to our listeners Yeah, well, kind of like what I mentioned before, like surrounding yourself with people who know more than you, even though it can be like, honestly intimidating when you're like, oh, like, I don't feel like I can keep up in this conversation. Like, these are really big words. Um, I always feel like that because I have the worst vocabulary. So I'm always like, what does that mean? I'm going to Google that later. Um, But just to not be afraid to like be yourself and to ask questions and be like totally like transparent with where you're at and I I think the more transparent you are and just the the um more courage you have to look like quote-unquote dumb even though you 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 aren't dumb but like I think a lot of times we don't want to ask questions because we're like oh I should probably know that like I don't want (laughs) to look dumb like I'm constantly telling myself like who cares you need the answer to this. It's going to help you. Just ask, you know. Um, so, like, one thing that happened with me that it was so beneficial to me with starting the conference is I emailed a friend of mine who runs a successful graphic design conference in Texas, and I asked him if he thought that my idea was good for a conference, and I didn't I actually didn't even ask him for help. He just was like, "Yeah, let me help you." Like, let's hop on the phone. And he was so helpful in just like telling me like just all these things that happen at conferences that I didn't know because I didn't never had done an event before. Um like simple things like this is how you pay for this through your ticket sales and this is usually how much AV costs and this is how much it's going to cost to rent your chairs. Like he was just so transparent with me and so helpful. And it also just gave me the freedom to also be transparent and be like, wait, how do you like, where do I put the projector? Like things (laughs) that like, you're like, I just don't know this question. Um, Yeah. I'd say that like, again, just like getting out and being surrounding yourself with people who know more than you and not being afraid to ask those people the quote unquote, like dumb questions. Well, I love that. So you, so I definitely hear you saying, like, it requires a level of vulnerability. Totally. Yeah. It really does. In so many ways. Yeah. I mean, when you're asking questions, for, for, I'm sure so many people are wondering, how do you build those relationships? Or, you know, do you kind of dive in and meet people along the way? Um, How did you build the relationships? And I'm sure... 
being in LA, it's really, like you said, and I think I read in an interview, maybe with the Well Studio with you, um, that c- comparison can be pretty tough. And I'm sure in LA, it's even more cutthroat. So like, how did you deal with that? Like the comparison factor? Yeah, the comparison factor. Yeah. Um, I, I was laughing with someone um, recently about, you know, there's part of me that feels like they're like age 38 is the epitome of having arrived because you've been in the game 10 or 15 years at that point. And it just feels like everyone I admire is 38. And so (laughs) how there's always, always, always going to be someone five steps ahead of you and five steps behind you. So how do you deal with comparison? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I would be totally lying to you if I said that I like have it figured out and this is how you don't compare yourself because I definitely still struggle with that. And and yeah, being in LA, it is really hard. It's like the best of the best are here and they're doing amazing things. And just when you think you've like done this cool thing you turn around and there's someone who's doing it better you know and it just never ends so I definitely like do struggle with that for sure but I think like I think that what has really honestly helped me get through that is well there's a few things (laughs) but I think the top I think the top thing is not finding my identity in my work like I I work really hard and have done a lot of work on myself to try to find my identity in something that's bigger and greater than just my successes or my failures. Um, And I think it really has helped me stay grounded in knowing. Like for me, it's like I am a child of God. Like that is who I am. And then everything else is just me trying to live into the gifts and the skills and the talents that God has given me. And I'm going to do my very best to use what he's given me. But ultimately, whether whether I succeed or whether I fail, like that is who I am. And no one can take that away from me, like no matter, no matter what. And that's like literally the only thing that can ever be taken because everything is just so temporary here. And um, one thing that I constantly am telling myself is, a quote that like my dad used to always tell me is that you cannot let your failures go to your heart or your successes go to your head. So when I succeed and I'm looking at someone like, oh, ha, like, look at me. I did this cool thing. Like, and that's comparison, you know, um, it, that, that cannot define me. Like my success in that way, like does not define me because I'm a child of God. And same with failures. If you're like, man, like, this thing that I did just didn't work. And like that person, like seems like everything they do works. Like, no, like you can't let that failure go to your heart because you're a child of God and no one can take that from you. So that's kind of like the core, I think of what helps me and what I'm always trying to remind myself of. But I've just, I've also just met so many women who have these huge followings online and you meet them and you're like, you are a person and you have sim- like the same insecurities and 
a lot of um, we we struggle with a lot of the same things. Yeah. Even though outside it could look like things are perfect. So also just remembering, like going back to our human conversation, like remembering that people are human and nobody's perfect. Um, also, just really helps us to all feel like we're on we're on the same level, no matter what. We're all he- imperfect humans just trying to make it. Yeah, there. girl, I feel yeah, and I I love that you pretty much went back to identity because I think you're right. Like there's always, there are seasons you feel like you're on top and seasons you feel like you're on the bottom. But if you're measuring your worth by that, it's never going to feel good or right or. um, Totally. Do you have any um, favorite speakers or authors that have really kind of empowered you in your journey of kind of embracing identity and who God says you are, not who, you know, your audience says you are, whether you're successful or not? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had like mentors throughout my life who've really helped me in that way. Um, recently I've been doing a lot of reading, um, from a guy named Richard Rohr. Oh yeah. Um, You know, Richard Rohr? I bet I know what you're reading. What? Are you reading Enneagram stuff? Oh, I haven't read his Enneagram stuff yet, but I am obsessed, and that's, like, next on my list. Oh, okay. Me too. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I love, um, I love the Enneagram so much, I can nerd out on that. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm loving, I'm loving his, I'm, I, he has so many books, but I just finished reading, um, The Naked Now, and now I'm, reading everything belongs and he's this guy he's this franciscan friar who like runs this contemplation um like retreat place i'm totally explaining this really poorly sorry for anyone who hears this and (laughs) it's like it's called this Um, (laughs) yeah yeah he lives in new mexico anyways he runs this like retreat center it's um the Center for Action and Contemplation, I think it's called. Um, anyways, he, his, I don't know what it is, but the way that he writes and the way he communicates with God and sees um, this world and how we interact with our spiritual lives, it's just really been speaking to me lately. Um, so I really love him. I've also been listening to the Liturgist podcast a lot. Um, that's been really, really speaking to me a lot lately. Um, but I find I go through seasons of like, I always need something new that kind of like talks about things that I haven't heard necessarily before. And I like to be challenged in my thinking. So I feel like reading Richard Rohr and listening to the liturgist is kind of doing that to me right now and keeping me like inspired with my faith and my journey, my like spiritual journey. Um, but yeah, they, they've been really, really good. Um. Yeah, I mean, I hear so many great things about Richard Rohr, and the Liturgist podcast is pretty awesome, so I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, cool. So I have to ask because, you know, we already went there, what's your Enneagram number, and have you found it to be helpful with your team? Do you guys do that? Yeah, yeah. We haven't, like, like officially done, like, a sit-down, we're going to talk about our numbers, but we've talked about it in our team meetings, and, like, everyone has gone around and said what they are and we talked about what that means but um I'm a nine. Oh, my husband's a nine okay okay yeah <laughs> I'm a I, seven. Oh, nice awesome so you like to get out and 
I like to play. Go on adventures. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Sevens are the best kind of people. Hey, so. I, I think I said the other day that if I could choose, I'd be a two or a nine just because. Really? Yeah. And so, See, um, I mean, I, like I, I do I'd love being a seven. seven, but if I <laughs> was choosing something else. <laughs> Life is pretty yeah. fun. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I, I found, I don't know about you guys, but just with um, utilizing the Enneagram, and I really, I'm such a nerd, I might go get, I, I um, applied to go through a program with Suzanne Stabile of The Road Back to You, the lady oh, who was awesome. on um, the Liturgist podcast, which is episode 37 for our listeners um, oh, of The Liturgist. Yeah, that's such a good episode. Uh, I'm such a nerd. I think I've sat, like, at least 10 people in my car and listen to that episode so they can kind of hear an overview of the Enneagram. But yeah, um, awesome. yeah I just have found you don't know um, you have expectations in certain areas until they're missed sometimes because so many of our expectations are subconscious. And mm-hmm. I think the Enneagram really helps you predict potential pain points and subconscious expectations that say each t- team member might have because they're seeing the world through a certain lens and I would never know a two sees the world through this lens and I'm seeing it through a seven lens. And so um, it's been really um, valuable to us. We love it. What has been helpful? Would you, is most of your team women? Yep. Uh How do you juggle a bunch of women personalities? Because I, I know from our experience, like, you know, one person wants thorough details and the next person is like, why'd you send all those details? <laughs> you know, And mm-hmm. so, so many different expectations, so many different um, ways of seeing, you know, the world or, you know, how do you guys navigate the different personalities, especially in women working together? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that's what I'm still figuring out as well. Um, but my, so with StrengthsFinder, this is another thing I could nerd out Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but my number two strength is empathy, which can be a blessing and a curse. So, like, I can just, like, feel people's emotions by just, like, sitting in the room with them and... Um, Sometimes that's really great, and sometimes it can really um, be a lot to handle and can kind of be paralyzing. Um, But I think, like, being that our team is small enough, there's, like, five of us, it still – it gives me the ability to, um, like, really have relationships with each one of them. And I think I can – if – because I do have the strength of empathy, I feel like when something is bothering someone, I'm able to read that and then address it. Like my, uh, I always try to address things as soon as possible because, you know, as we all probably know, the longer you let things stew, the worse that it can become. Oh yeah. (laughs) And also being a nine, I hate conflict. So, um, I, I think it's part of me that's like, we have to talk about this right now because I can't function knowing that like you're, you're not cool with this right now or something, something's bothering you. Um, so I, I think right now with our team being small enough, we're able to really like talk about things and have those relations that I have that personal relationship with everybody so I could, we can kind of like talk through things. 
Um, and then I think also just on the front end, like working with people who aren't about the drama is like, I'm all about that. Cause I'm, I hate drama. I'm not in, I'm not into it. I've never been like the girl who's like into the drama, obviously again, <laughs> a nine. So I kind of stay on the outside of those kind of things. So I think you can read it from someone when you're in the interview process. Like if they, if they do have a kind of bend towards, um, I don't know, gossiping or talking about other people or just having overall drama in their life. Like I tend to just be like, no, like that's not part of our like team culture. We, we don't talk about anyone behind each other's back. Like that is just a breeding ground for so many bad things. Like do not gossip, especially about your team members behind each other's backs. And um, just like everything up front, like let's be real. If you're dealing with something, let's talk about it. Um, so yeah, but I think it's a it's definitely a process that I'm still figuring out as well. Hey, me too. <laughs> um, <laughs> seriously, how do you deal with? I I love hearing this from just other leaders because I know that for me, I can be a people pleaser and a huge pain point in my life. And I'm sure many of our listeners' life is dealing with disappointment. How do you deal with disappointment when you can, I'm sure being an empath, do you ever struggle with feeling that someone is critical of the way you're carrying out something when you're the one calling the final shots? And how do you handle that? Um... Yeah, so... <laughs> that was left field, I'm sorry. Oh, I should have prepared you for that one. I just want to make sure that I answer, that I'm, like, understanding your question correctly. So, like, if someone is not, like, cool with the direction we're headed and I feel like it's paralyzing type thing? Yes, I know that I can pick up on when someone, um, just by the way they word something or I can feel through body language or the way someone's attitude is positioned, I really struggle if I feel like, which mm. you can't make everyone happy, but I really right. struggle when I feel like I, they would not, they would not have made that decision and they couldn't make it more abundantly clear with their attitude right now. Right. And that is right. so rare. And that's bound to happen on a team mm -hmm. of humans with different lens through which they see the world. But I would love to hear your thoughts as a leader of how you handle that, because I know that it's so, I know for me, God has really um, been working in my heart this year about like identity and owning like the vision he gives me. And it's not mm -hmm. for pleasing humans. It's for honoring him. Yeah. And, and so how do you, that all being said, it's hard. <laughs> so how do you navigate that? Yeah, that is very difficult. That's like stuff like that and feeling like people aren't happy with me keeps me up. It's woken me up literally in the middle of the night before. Like it it can really um, really eat us up, I think, when we are empaths. And like for me being a nine and I hate conflict and I hate disappointing people. I just want to please everybody. Um, but yeah, like honestly really similar to you, like – Something that has been really um, – something I've just really been working on a lot in myself recently just within the last few months is just being able to be myself and be true to the calling that I feel God has put on my heart and um, 
and letting go, I wouldn't say like not caring about what other people think because they say like if you really actually don't care what other people think, you're like a sociopath or something. (laughs) Um, So like it's okay to care about what people think. I think when you allow that to control you and make the decision like and sway your decisions, um, then that's where it can start to get get you into trouble. yeah, get you into trouble and when you feel like you're not being true to yourself because you're trying to please others before putting them before, like, the calling that's been placed upon you, then I think, yeah, that's that can also get you into trouble. But um, I also think that there is um, a lot of times when you're able to dig into – like in a one-on-one setting, like I'm not about calling people out like in yeah. meetings and being like, uh, so it looks like you don't like this. What's going on here? <laughs> like I think in the moment I would probably say like, okay, like I would feel, feel that from them and be like, okay, that, you know, I can see they're not super excited about this right now. Like note to self, like to talk to them about that later. Um, and, and I would, I would, I mean, I hope in an ideal situation that I would talk to them and say, hey, like what's going on? Because like, I can see you're not okay. Like, where does that come from? And I think when you're able to dive into the real depths of like, why someone might be upset, or why someone might think that that's not the best way to proceed, you can have a conversation about it and say like, yeah, like, I totally see where you're coming from. Um, Here's, here's where I'm coming from. And here's, here's my reasons. Um, And are you up for experimenting with me in this and seeing if it works if it doesn't work you know let's take it from there like we'll see but I think giving them the respect to be able to hear them out and hear what it actually is that's bothering them um can also just real reveal a lot even like I've been humbled before where I'm like oh man like they're actually really right like they have a really good point like maybe we should be focusing on this area more um, and not this one that I was heading in. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes you have to say, you know what? No, I, I really think that this is the right decision to make. And sometimes you just have to make that call as a leader. And sometimes you learn, hey, maybe they were right, you know, and you have learning experiences through it all. But I think ultimately, like giving the people um, the respect and really getting to the bottom of what it is that's actually bothering them can be a really powerful, powerful thing. Yeah. I think honor is just huge. Um, Mm -hmm. and not that we always get it right. We've gotten honor wrong before, but, um, just choosing to honor one another, um, and preserve relationship and, and learning how to disagree honorably, um, has been huge for us and really Mm -hmm. strengthened friendships on our team. I mean, We've had moments where disagreeing has gone bad, and then we've had some moments where it's like, wow, we, we actually can do this in a healthy way, and we're proving to ourselves we can do this healthily right now, and we actually come out of this with our relationship feeling stronger because when that same person delivers um, a compliment or you deliver a compliment to them, it's really praising them amidst disagreeing or maybe you know shifting perspectives and it means so much more so totally um, we've really really uh gone around the block on that one so um, <laughs> yeah yeah you know working together and bringing friends together people that you um are doing a 
feel good, do good job together, but it's still work. Um, can be tough because it it, totally. it it would be nice to just feel good all the time. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I was listening actually to a podcast earlier today that was um, talking about um, this, like kind the kind of people that are best to have on your team. And uh, one thing that he said was that you don't necessarily want people who are just going to agree all the time. You want people who are disagreeable givers, which he explained to mean that um, they're able, they will freely disagree with you, but it's always for the good of the company and the good of the cause and not for their own benefit. So you don't want people who are just going to disagree or like try to put that person down to make themselves look better. You always want the people who will give their opinion and not be afraid to disagree, but with the intention of doing what works for the company instead of just work what works for themselves. I thought that was that was good advice. I love that. I'm gonna what you'll have to share that uh let me know what that podcast was because that Yeah that's great. Yeah it was Masters of Scale. Okay. Um and it was the episode with the founder of Netflix oh, who cool. I can't remember his name right now. Very but, cool. Yeah I um, love yeah. that. Because I want you know I want people in my life who are sharpening me and I don't I don't want people who are only going to, you know, make me feel good about every decision I make because I don't think that would be, you know, true or on cuz I mean, I'm, none of us are perfect. And so I'm really thankful for the friends who are willing to challenge me in a in an honoring way and I hope that in the the friendships that I do hold dearest we're able to do that for for one another and sharpen one another and and totally. do that within our team as well. Right, right. And I think when you have people who truly care about your mission and vision, like they're only going to say that because they want it to work, right? Like they're only going to disagree with you because they truly want the best for the company and for the people that you're impacting. And they're not going to just disagree because like they just are in a bad mood that day or they just want to make themselves look like better or push other people down um but yeah you need that sometimes you need that you need that pushback you need people who are going to be honest and who do care just as much about your mission as you do yeah I love it so before we go I definitely want you to share more about the yellow conference and um what people can find inside your yellow membership community um I know that by the time this goes live it might be closed but for next round because I I really love what you're doing However I can cheer you on, I want to be able to do that. And I know our listeners are going to want to get involved. So I would love to hear more. Yeah, yeah. So um, the conference is happening August 24th and 25th of 2017. We also have a day of workshops on the 26th um, that's meant to kind of give the practical, tangible takeaway stuff after the like more inspirational like connection time of the main two days of the conference. Um, and you can find out all about that at yellowco.co slash conference. And then um, for our membership platform, we're actually revamping our membership right now and um, launching like Yellow Collective 2.0 at our conference this year, and then it'll start rolling out October 1st, which is the beginning of the fourth quarter of 2017. So um, 
it it will be um, completely announced what all the new stuff that's coming into that um, at our conference this year. So I'm hesitant to say too much, but essentially what we're doing is bringing together these creative entrepreneurial minded women who want to live a life of purpose and they want to learn to do good through their daily actions. Um, so we have a online community um, where people can talk and um, connect and have resources and such um, in an online platform where we do monthly webinars and we have downloadable resources. We have a workbook every quarter that we go through. And then we have physical product that's mailed out on a quarterly basis currently um, with a with a do good product in there. And there's a book and there's like prints and postcards and fun stuff. And then we have monthly gatherings um, depending on where you live. But if you're in a city uh, with a chapter that we have, we currently have 16 chapters nationally um, and are planning to open them up to Canada next quarter. Um, so we meet monthly um, with people who are also members and talk about life and the theme for the quarter and do our best to better ourselves so then we can go out and better the world. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the, the gist of it. But stay tuned because it'll be updated and lots of cool new ways for you guys to connect with us. We'll be coming come October. Very cool. Well, I'll be sure to link up all of that in the show notes so you guys can find that by just clicking the podcast, the little carrot at the top of the screen and all the notes and the links will pop up and um, we'll be sure to link your Instagram, Joanna, and um, the yellow conference Instagram. So I'm just so thankful to get to know you and hear your story and to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun talking with you. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other.